0: Welcome to or welcome back to the Made For More podcast with yours truly, McKenna Romaniano. And this podcast was designed to help you elevate your life, faith, fitness, and nutrition so that you leave with more than you came with. You are Made For More and that's exactly what this podcast was created to show you. So let's level up together and jump into this episode. Welcome back to the podcast and today, live in person, we have Hannah Burns. Hannah is a former gymnast turned fitness and nutrition coach who's all about maintaining a balanced lifestyle, incorporating health and fitness, along with trying every craft beer on the menu, going to raves and eating some good sourdough bread. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah.
1: I'm so honored to be the first in-person guest that you have, McKenna. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh my gosh. So pumped. So pumped. I know we chatted. We've been talking literally all day long and I feel like we could go on a million different rants, but why don't you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself to start?
1: Okay, loaded question as always. Um, So, like McKenna said, I am a former gymnast. I did club gymnastics through college, so was still very much into that form of moving my body in college. And it took a shift into like the health and fitness, lifting realm of things when I was a junior in college. Um, And so since there, I've been progressing to where I am now. Um, I do love trying all the craft beers on the menu. Get me a flight with every single beer that's on that menu. And I'm a happy camper. I love eating food. I love trying food, baked goods. I am not picky whatsoever. Just please don't give me a ripe banana. I won't eat it. I'm one of them. Um, I love music hence me loving going to music festivals, concerts, things like that. I've met so many of my best, best friends through music and through fitness because they're two things that I am incredibly passionate about that bring me so much joy and have changed my life immensely. Um, So those are probably the most important things to know about me.
0: So with kind of getting from gymnastics to fitness, how did that transition go? Because I mean, as an athlete myself, like transitioning from athletics to fitness is a definitely difficult transition it's I feel like a transition a lot of people deal with and it's not talked about enough like going from daily practices to doing things on your own in a gym maybe a commercial gym that has a bunch of different people in it and it's just not familiar to you
1: yeah so I feel like my transition was a little bit different because I didn't just go from like being a gymnast and I was a cheerleader also in high school to then like doing nothing in college. I a couple months into college, found the club gymnastics team. So I still had that, Um, but we didn't have a coach. So I was practicing less intensely and less aggressively. Um, And so things did change. And like, I was living on my own. So that was a big change. My body changed so much. And so that was like, I had this buffer, you know, like I had four years where I was still a gymnast, but it was not the same intensity and consistency as having coaches and being on two gymnastics teams in high school. Um, and so that made my transition into like fitness a little bit easier. And I also started working at the gym at school, my sophomore year, still wasn't lifting. I did cardio every now and then I would do a class every now and then, um, I really thought that I like had to do cardio, and that's how I was gonna be bunny, fit. You know? And I fucking hated it. Sorry about swearing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hated it, and so I was very inconsistent with it. But I was definitely gaining weight and drinking a lot, and that didn't feel good in my body. So I thought that this thing, cardio, was gonna make the difference. Guess what? It didn't. Um, <laughs> sure. but then my uh, junior year started my junior year we came back to school and my friend actually was like nervous to go into the weight room because she had been working out over the summer at the gym near her but you know college weight room lots of stinky boys really smelly in there can can confirm it was smelly in there but (laughs) because i was a supervisor in the gym i was like yeah whatever that's like i'm super comfortable in there i'll work out with you tomorrow and so that's literally how i started lifting I didn't really have any interest in it i just was like yeah sure this is fun but i also knew that like i was unhappy with my body and i wanted to change my body Um, that's
0: a reason for a lot of people to get kind of get into mm -hmm. fitness. is originally they will go into this later too like the growth that experienced when you actually put yourself in the situation of like uncomfortable situations and growth like you change a lot as a person but just getting into the gym a lot of people want it for a like vanity metric or like an aesthetic metric which is totally fine like I started lifting for the same reason. Like I just didn't like my body. I'm like, this is going to change it. This is going to get me to the person I want to be jokes. It did in the end because I grew as a person, but Mm -hmm. the gym itself didn't get me to the body that I had dreamed of. And I was perfectly happy in that body because you're never going to be happy Mm -mm. at a certain size or Mm -mm. certainly.
1: Yeah. So I literally started lifting with her and then it became this thing that we did 6am Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I loved it. And I had a really great relationship with my boss and had like somehow gotten a conversation with him about personal training because there were students that went to my school who were personal trainers and so i just asked him about it and he's like oh we actually have a certification here in a couple weeks if you pass it i'll comp it for you so i was like yeah save 100 bucks like as a student that's a lot of money and so i was like sure i'll try this thing literally had no background zip zero zilch in anatomy never took an anatomy class didn't know anything about the human body except like that I was a gymnast and I was gonna say,
0: you knew a lot going yeah. it. It just the mechanics and stuff worked like
1: but... yeah. and like pronation and supination and internal yeah. and external rotation <laughs> I was like um head scratch I don't know <laughs> but so that was really how I got into coaching and I feel really lucky that I had such a great relationship with that boss because it wouldn't have happened that way and I I don't know if I would be doing this but I very very quickly knew within two months of actually coaching that what I was in school for, which was international business in Spanish was just not what I wanted to be doing. I was like, I'm supposed to be helping people. This is what I do best. I literally know nothing. I still felt like I knew nothing about fitness and coaching, but I was helping people feel better and be happier. And I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this more. And Fast forward. Here I am. (laughs) There's a lot that happened in those years, but like don't need to dive into it now, but that's really how like my transition happened. Um, I was still a gymnast, but I got so focused on lifting my junior, my senior year. Um, I was still doing gymnastics, still loved it, but I got stronger and better at gymnastics as I got stronger in the gym, even though I still didn't really know anything compared to what I know now. Um, So my transition was a little bit different. Like I had that at the same time as being an athlete, and then when I didn't have gymnastics, it was weird, but it wasn't a complete dead stop change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, that makes sense.
0: And then getting into like obviously sports made you confident because you were good at it and you performed well. Didn't really know what you're doing when you're lifting, but eventually got good at it. How has that transition been for you, growth wise, or? that you see in your clients going from, I mean, you said it before, like I wanted to change aesthetically for like vanity purposes. Cause gymnasts are scrutinized for what their body looks like. You're wearing a leotard. That is a very exposing kind of piece of clothing that you're wearing every meet, you're wearing every practice. And a lot of gymnasts are very self-conscious of their body. So I'm sure that didn't just magically poof and go away the second you stop gymnastics. So what happened to get you to go from the aesthetics like I want to go to the gym to look a certain way. I'm going to go to the gym to feel a certain way and to be more powerful in myself. And like, how is that? We'll start there. And then I have yeah. a questions for
1: you. Oh, we can, we can dive in so many different holes here. Um, Yeah. So I actually was not the most confident when I was a gymnast. I was very self-conscious always. I felt like through high school, through college, all of my friends were smaller than me, like skinnier than me, leaner than me. You could see more of their muscle. They were better at gymnastics than I was. Comparison is huge. Yeah. And I felt less than, and not even just with my gymnastics friends, but a lot of it stemmed from their gymnastics cheering. Um, But there was so much comparison, even with my friends who were not athletes in college. I was like, okay, I need to change my body to be as desirable as these girls are to the boys.
0: And I think also they're thinking the same thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Nobody talks about it though. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what, like, I was like, I need to be like them. I will be more liked. If I look like them, I have to change my body to look like this girl or that girl, because they get the attention from other people, not realizing that that literally didn't matter. But it took me years to understand that those things were important. Um, but in the moment they feel so important and like, that's why you do it. And like you said, so many people start for the aesthetics for the vanity metrics because we're all insecure hello, everyone. I know you're insecure. So am I, even at this point, you're not alone. Um, But then it was pretty fast into starting lifting that I was like, Ooh, like this is fun. Like I feel good. Um, It's powerful. Yes. It took me a long time to go back and reflect upon like how that transition happened. But it was me realizing that starting to lift. Yes, I did it to help my friend feel comfortable, but that was a decision I made. I didn't have to do that. That was a decision I made for me because I wanted to spend time with that friend. And then I kept doing it. And the decision to keep doing it was a decision for me. And then the decision to coach people was a decision for me and the decision to get stronger and learn more about, like, I chose that for me. And that's how I really got into understanding that it's more than just the aesthetics. It's how it feels to make decisions for yourself, how it feels to not care what other people are saying about you shouldn't lift weights because you'll get bulky, whatever they're saying. And then feeling like, Hey, I'm strong. Feeling strong makes me feel powerful. Feeling powerful makes me feel confident. Even if I'm not having a good body image day, like things I remind myself of are, Hannah, you can deadlift 300 freaking pounds. That's bad ass. (laughs) And things like, like, oh, I can do seven pull-ups. When when I first started lifting, I could not do a single pull-up. When I was a gymnast, you're like, oh, gymnasts can do pull-ups. No, Hannah Burns could not do pull-ups as a gymnast. And so those are things that came from lifting and that strength, that power, that felt amazing to me, and that's really what keeps me going, and and realizing and feeling that I am more capable of other things that I like to do. I'm very outdoorsy. I like to go paddleboarding whenever I can, kayaking, hiking, and those kind of things require strength and stamina. And I'm have a much easier time doing them now because I take care of my strength and mobility and overall fitness in the gym that everything else transfers easier as well. So yeah. that's that's all together what has made me stick with it and feel that there's or understand that there's way more to it than just the way that you look.
0: I love that. I love it so much because it's not the motivation that's going to keep you going. Like people can say, "Oh, I'm not motivated today. I'll start on Monday." Okay, but like the motivation is just going to come and go. It's why do you do this in the first place? And I'm really big on like the, why people do things. And you summed it up perfectly because you feel better in your skin. Like that's at the end of the day, you want to be the best version of yourself. And if going to the gym makes you the best version of yourself. Great. Like had a client, I think she texted me the other day. It was like, McKenna, I have never felt this strong and empowered in my body. I was able to help a maintenance man move a couch. She's like, I would have never been able to even touch the couch, let alone lift it a year ago. And she's like, I feel so strong and great in my body. And I'm like, Yeah. But do you notice, like, you don't, I mean, of course, like body composition has changed, but we're not aiming for a scale weight. We're not aiming for a vanity metric in that sense. Like she just feels so strong. And like, that is as a coach, the best thing to hear that you're understanding that it's not about 15 pounds on the scale. It's not about this metric, that metric, it's about feeling empowered and she's showing up better in her job. I mean, similar thing for me, like I asked me three years ago, even like two years ago, take a video of yourself talking in front of a camera or film yourself in the gym. Oh my goodness. I literally <laughs> put a podcast like no shot, absolutely no shot. And now like we do this on a daily basis and mm-hmm. we put ourselves out there and like that confidence did not come out of nowhere. That confidence in
1: myself came from the gym. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that so hard. And even just like you said, it's not about the number and the scale. And that's another huge thing. When I started my fitness journey, like in the gym, I was the same exact weight that I am right now. If you look at the pictures between the two, it looks like I've lost 40 pounds. The scale doesn't matter. It's what you do and how you feel and how you treat yourself and how you think about yourself and the feel about yourself, the think about yourself, the feel in general, those things dramatically change for the better when you're taking care of your body because you feel good. You feel excited to love yourself. You understand what you're capable of which makes you more excited about existing as a human being and so you show up better as yourself other people recognize
0: that and like some of the people who get so much hate online for being quote-unquote overweight and their body positive they get so much hate like stop uh promoting obesity all these things they're genuinely happy in their body and that shows like they're just radiant when they walk into a room and they they're so confident in their body but people who are quote-unquote models aren't not all of them, I'm not saying like as a general statement, but they're not as happy as people who are just content
1: in their body, despite the scale saying so. Mm-hmm. It's and wild. Even in the fitness space, there are uh, 100%. Like I said earlier, we're probably the most insecure people. And that's why we get into it. And there are some people that get into it and it gets worse and worse for them, where like they're not happy, they're not healthy. They that's how life started. Yeah. Honestly, they look ripped but they have a very unhealthy mindset. They have a very unhealthy approach to life. And again, not everybody, but there are so many people that you're like, oh my God, like they, they're the epitome of health. No, I guarantee you, you're probably healthier than they are yep. based on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um. So again, like you, it's the opposite of the people who are overweight or obese and they are just confident in themselves. They may be doing things to improve their health too, we don't get to see that. We just see that they are confident in themselves. They love themselves, and it shows. Like it you said, shows. you can see that, and you can see the opposite of when people are not happy with themselves. And so, it's about how you treat yourself, and like where that motivation comes from. Is it because you love yourself, or is it because you're trying to punish yourself?
0: Yeah, I told I told another client, and it's just like all clients right because it's like <laughs> what I do on a daily basis. It's like to talk to people. Yeah, but like you can't hate yourself into loving your body. Mm-hmm. If you hate yourself so much that you're starting to exercise and that never transforms into doing it out of love, you're never going to enjoy the end result ever. Like I started because I hated my body so much. Hated it, despised it. You couldn't catch me wearing a t-shirt because I hated just my arms, just everything about myself, I despised, So I was like, let me go to the gym and fix this. I went down that road of detriment for so long that I got to a point of being vastly unhealthy. And that point I was like, You're in the gym, you're the epitome of quote unquote health, you're eating quote unquote clean, like, what is wrong? Like, there's something wrong here. I still hated myself. The second that I decided I wanted to do that, because I loved myself and I wanted the best of my body, things changed. I gained weight. Yes, but I gained my life back. Mm -hmm. And I think the weight doesn't really mean much because again, like I've been I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life at this moment. But I look completely different than when I was at my lowest and when I was at my other quote unquote highest where I am right now before I started my fitness journey. Mm-hmm. Like it's just how you carry yourself and how you enter a row. And I'm not we're not saying that completely disregard like health, but if your health markers are out of whack, like please take care of that. That's important for your well being. But more so the mental aspect of how you carry yourself. Is huge. The empowerment, it's huge.
1: Yeah. And like you said, don't disregard your health. That is part of loving yourself. That is part so, of doing this because I love myself. I'm going to take care of my health because I would like to be healthy so that I can live longer. I would like to spend more time with my family. I want to be more present with my friends. I want to be able to go on that hike when somebody asks me to, and not say no, because my health doesn't allow me to. That is still taking care of your health metrics is still showing yourself love. If you are thinking of it in that sense you yeah. have to have that specific mindset of okay i could do this to punish myself or i could do this to show myself love and i promise you that that mindset of doing it out of love and compassion for yourself is going to get you better results the
0: actions are the same but it's the intention behind the actions that even small tweaks make the huge make a huge difference huge in your difference.
1: your Body is very smart. Your mind knows what you're thinking, and your body will respond based on your thoughts. If you're doing it out of punishment, you will likely be disappointed in the lack of results. If you are doing it because you love yourself and you want to make positive changes to your life, not because you're like, I don't like the way that I look. I want to look better. Which, like, sure, you can change that and like not be completely happy with the way that you look, but still thinking of it in a positive sense, like. I do this because I care about myself and I want to feel better. I want to feel happier. I want to feel more confident instead of like, I'm a piece of crap. I need to do this.
0: Or like I ate something bad. I need to run it off. Yeah. Or I have to burn a certain amount of calories because I had a cheat meal.
1: Yeah. Your, your brain yep. is connected to your body. People
0: Gut brain access <laughs> to your digestion. Yes. To your brain, your, everything is connected to your, it all brain.
1: communicates. So the way that you think affects the way that you behave and the way that you behave affects the way that you see results, even if it's the same exact action. It all starts from your gut or your brain (laughs) or the two of them together. We can talk about this for hours. And if you
0: think about like the loop of things, people think you need need to be motivated and then you do the action and then you see the result. It's like a three-prong process. No, you have to do the action and then you're going to see the result and then you're going to become motivated to keep on doing that because you're seeing that result. And I'm not saying physical result, I'm saying even emotional result. You're more confident in yourself. That's a result in and of itself, but you can't just expect to wake up one day and be motivated for the right reasons.
1: It's the intangible results that we're talking about here because that's what really creates the motivation. Mm -hmm. And eventually those intangible results of like, oh, I have more energy. Oh, I'm sleeping better. Oh, my digestion's better. Oh, I am actually hungry when I wake up instead of not being hungry. Like those things you're like, oh, this feels good.
0: And you don't realize how good you can feel because you've been feeling so shitty for so long. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear quite often. Is like, yeah, like I'm just not hungry. I'm like, okay, don't you see that as an issue? No, I'm just not really hungry. It's fine. Then the second those people get hungry, they're like, what was I missing? Mm-hmm. Like, this is great. I feel energized. I don't feel like I'm crashing at 2 p.m. Like, I love this. And like, what did I tell you? You're right? yourself <laughs> that like time of day to learn and expand and grow. And then you're realizing everything you missed out on, mm-hmm. but you don't know until you until you
1: know. Mm-hmm. We, I could go down so many different <laughs> rabbit holes with this, but I feel like we should shift gears <laughs> and stay on track. No, I would love to kind of hear going back to like the whole
0: gym aspect and gymnastics, I guess, coupling those two together. You're a big form girl.
1: Mm, big form yes, girl. I am. <laughs> Tell us
0: a bit about that. We were looking at our old form videos before recording (laughs) and oh my goodness critiquing ourselves so hard our depth wasn't there for our squats like it was just
1: those lateral raises man
0: (laughs) we're gonna record these again and post them on instagram like comparisons because they're just hilarious because we've come so far Mm -hmm. tell us your obsession with form and how it kind of came to be
1: okay so i'm pretty sure that one of the main reasons that i I'm so obsessed with form is because I can understand the way that our body moves because I was a gymnast and because I was a cheerleader and I needed all of that spatial body awareness. And so even like, I'll learn a lift for the first time. I'll try it for the first time and I can either feel that it's wrong or I feel that it's really good. And then I can watch and be like, okay, wait, yeah, that is really good or it's not. And so watch, how do you figure that out? Mm, We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there McKenna, but the way that I can understand how our joints move the kinesiology of your body without having studied it before getting into the gym it just made sense to me because I had to have that body and spatial awareness as a gymnast and like okay what does turning your hips this way do what does tugging your hips under what does like bracing your core do that was
0: like Internal rotation, no. external rotation, no, 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 no. pelvic tilt. You just knew the things. You didn't know what they were called.
1: Yes, exactly. And then I would try these exercises and I'd be like, no, that doesn't feel right. And then you switch something. And so it comes easy to me. Like it's probably really frustrating to some people where I just jump in and I'm like, oh, got it. <laughs> but it's because of that. I'm convinced it's because I had to have that awareness as a gymnast and a cheerleader. Um and so Now, uh, critiquing my own form and assessing my form, I do so by one, spending many, many hours of my life watching people who are really good at exercises, like perform them so that I can learn, okay, where can I improve my form?
0: It's an art form. Mm -hmm. It really is.
1: And then I take videos of my lifts. There
0: we go. That's what I wanted to hear. All
1: the videos. So many videos. I used to be afraid to because I felt uncomfortable. And we'll talk about that in a minute but it's so helpful. And it's the closest thing to having a coach with you in person. Even if you never hire a coach, um, you can basically coach yourself as you are going through a workout and critique. I can start a workout with a set of deadlifts that feels not so great. I'm like, what is, what is happening? And by the end of my deadlift session, I'm like, those are the best deadlifts I've ever freaking done because I record them and I watch them. I'm like, oh, my hips went up too high here. I was not holding the bar close enough to my body. I straightened my knees too soon. But without videos, you're just guessing. And so not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty freaking good at deadlifting now. (laughs) And I wasn't before. They weren't horrible because I understood the concept. But you put your weight up from the floor. Yeah. It seems pretty
0: self-explanatory, but there's so much nuance that goes into Mm -hmm.
1: it. And like I said, like I understood like, what a hip hinging action was from gymnastics and like safely moving through from the hinge at your hips to standing up straight, Mm -hmm. but like add weight to it, it's different. And over time I've watched hundreds, if not thousands of videos of myself deadlifting from literally every angle. But if you have never taken a video of yourself, think about the joints that are moving. What direction do they move? If you are squatting, your knees are bending, your hips are bending. Your knees do not bend to the side. Your hips do not bend to the side. So therefore you should not be taking a video from the front. You should be taking a video from the side because they bend forwards and backwards. If you are deadlifting, same kind of thing. Not to say that videos from the front or from the back are not helpful.
0: You could definitely see your knees caving in. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing that I see is people when they squat too heavy, their knees cave in. And that's like, a knee all but that's the only thing I can think of from the front.
1: Mm -hmm. and just like your feet and whether you're shifting side to side but those are like more nuanced things and if you don't have the
0: the side view the side
1: view correct it's not necessarily the most important thing um but then if you have like an overhead press with dumbbells or a barbell think about okay what angle are my joints bending because I think that's another thing that stops people from taking videos of themselves is they're like I have no idea how to set this up. That's too much to think about. I'm just not going to do it. But I promise once you learn, you're like, oh wait, this is actually so freaking helpful. So in an overhead press, like you bend, your elbows are bending, you're moving through your shoulders too. Where do your hands end up? If you're from the side, yes, that angle can be helpful, but like, it's really that front view of where's my shoulder, where's my elbow at the bottom and at the top that I need to look at. And then you can assess your form. Yeah, 100%. And if you take them from the same angle, week after week, month after month, year after year. It's like progress photos. It's amazing. Yeah, no, amazing. it's amazing. I love
0: it. I love it. <laughs> and like, of course, like I like to see different angles. Whenever I ask for videos from people, like if anybody has form videos, send them over. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to take a look at them. But I like to have videos from different angles to see different things. Like you said, overhead press from the front. You can definitely see kind of the tracks of your elbow. If you take them the side, you can see if you're overarching your spine or if you're really just, putting everything in your hips. Like mm-hmm. you can see these different kind of cues and it's super helpful to notice week to week, like, okay. Or even set to set, how can I progress and how can I get better? Because a lot of people just write off taking form videos. Number one thing I hear is because it's embarrassing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to take a video of myself in the gym. It's embarrassing. I don't want to set it up. I have a camera in the gym. I don't want to set my phone. Like all these things just embarrassing, but why, why is it embarrassing? Yeah. Cause you're getting better. Yeah. Everybody's you- in the gym to get better. Why is it embarrassing to take a video of yourself to try to get better? And trust me, I'm there too. I do not want to set my phone up most days, but I do
1: mm-hmm. when I
0: really want to see that progress in that form, because I'm only in the gym to get myself better. And if somebody's going to judge me for getting better, that's more on them. That's not on me.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the more you do it, the more you're like, other people don't care. No. And if they do, that's on them. It's not on you. And we were l- watching our videos earlier and i'm just like oh my god these camera angles are horrible what was i thinking like i'm barely in the shots and now i literally have a small tripod that but i take
0: but i love that i love that and set it on a bench or set it on a mm-hmm. box mm-hmm. you get a better angle yeah if you have to prop it up against your water bottle
1: oh i did that for years same i still do that but yeah if you
0: can prop it up on a bench or something to get a bit better of an angle so you're not so your phone isn't angled so high that it's basically looking up at a skyscraper. Like, yeah, that's not the most ideal angle because you can't quite see yeah. exactly where your joints are moving. It's a little bit skewed. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a funhouse mirror. Like it's not the perfect angle. <laughs> you can't quite see what you're looking at. But like, if you can properly angle it, I mean, trust me. We were even saying we wish we would have taken more videos mm-hmm. when we first started. Like a hundred percent looking back at like some of the old videos. I'm like, if I only, I were to see not just a deadlift, but like, what did my bicep curl look like Mm -hmm. when I was like first starting? What did like,
1: how much was I swinging those dumbbells dumbbells
0: around? around. What did like all of these other little tiny movements look like? Because I neglected them for so long. All I cared about was like, I have videos of my deadlift and my squat and hip thrust. That's all I have from like the first year of lifting. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you not everything else is perfect. Like I was way off on a lot of things and wishing
1: I could go back in time yeah (laughs) um and something that you mentioned earlier is like getting different angles is good and i want to touch on this because getting different angles is awesome and like there is a benefit to taking videos of every angle of your movement but you have to know specifically what you're looking for in that video to assess your form like if you're taking a video of your squat from the front well you don't know what your depth is Usually it's pretty hard to tell from the front. You can't tell how far forward your chest is. You can't tell a lot of different things from the front angle. But if you're like, oh, I'm taking a video from the front to see like your personally knees. for me, I lift up one of my toes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a great habit to have. I no. used to, it's not a great habit to have. And I didn't notice that until I was taking videos. I would just like lift one toe up every time I squat it and my foot would like slowly creep its way out. And I was like oh, this is probably not helping me. <laughs> and I wouldn't have known had I not taken that video from the front, but I had to know what I was looking for. And I probably did it for years, but I only looked at my knees. Yeah, And then one day I was like, oh, let me look at my feet. Cause I feel like I noticed my foot turning one day. I was like, how does this happen? Cause I don't start this way. And then from there I was like, oh, I probably am lacking some hip mobility here or If you are taking a video from the side and your butt tucks under, it's like, okay, I'm probably lacking some core strength or stability or just the awareness of where to stop at your current level. So yes, take videos from all sorts of angles, but know what you're looking for. And if you don't know how to look for something, ask. Yes. I will help you. McKenna will help you. If you follow other people who take videos of themselves, I guarantee so many people, I'm not going to say everybody. Because there are probably some people who won't, but there's so many people who post to social media who were also scared and didn't know how to take videos on themselves, but now they do. And it's so beneficial to them and their growth and you being able to see the exercises that they do just ask like, Hey, how do I know where to take a video? How do I know where to set my phone up to take a video and start taking videos?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you're missing out on until you actually start taking the video. Same thing with, like we said, the health and fitness journey. Like you don't mm-hmm. know what you're missing out on. You don't, know, you don't know the energy you're missing out on. You don't know the confidence you're missing out on until you start doing the thing. It's terrifying to do the thing for the first time. Like mm-hmm. taking a video in the gym for the first time, like setting up your phone, you're going to mess up. It's going to happen. Your phone's going to happen to me at my home gym. I set it up on like a, on the windowsill and someone came in and closed the door and the phone just <laughs> went to the floor. He came back in, and I felt so embarrassed, and he, like, picked up my phone, and he, like, picked it up, and it started recording him, and I was, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's, like, no, it's fine, like, I respect you for recording yourself. I'm, like, thank you, like, Mm -hmm. that means a lot, like, I appreciate you, but you're gonna mess up, it's gonna, there's gonna be bumps along the road, but, like, anything, I got more value out of that video than the embarrassment of that one time.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I still... I last week took a video of myself and like one leg was in it. I was like, oh, (laughs) all right, cool. There's a hack you can do with the Apple Watch. Oh, I know, I know. But (laughs) what I like to do because I like to listen to my music is to slide my camera thing over. And so with that, you can't look. That's fair. But you also don't
0: get the full. That's the other thing. I was taking videos like that. You can't get the full. It only does the square.
1: Oh, no, you can change the setting. You're welcome. I'll teach you later. Yeah, so you are on the photo yep. and then you tap the down arrow uh-huh. and then there's the 16 a, nine 16 uh, okay that's that's what the video is normally and so yep. if you just put it to sixteen nine, hold the circle swipe to the right you're welcome everybody who's listening <laughs> your music won't turn off you'll record a video and then you just go over and you tap it and then crop crop the beginning and the end so you don't have yeah. like five minutes of <laughs> yes
0: that's the other thing if you send people form videos
1: please crop them. Like, crop crop
0: <laughs> I've got so many where it's like three minutes, the person's setting up yeah. like, okay, it's great. No, but again, we're more than happy. Like send it over to Hannah and I'll have her links and everything in the show notes, but like send them over to both both of us. Like, we'll be more than happy to kind of help you out with that. Cause again, like, if you don't know what you're looking for, it's great to have a video, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to know what to change. So even just starting with one exercise you want to get better at, like, say you want to get better at the deadlift, take a video of your deadlift every single week and try to fix one thing every single week. If you don't know what to fix between sets, that's fine. Send it to somebody, figure it out deadlift again the next week and figure that out what tweaks to kind of make. Mm -hmm. You need to pick something to improve on. If it feels overwhelming, like honestly, it would feel overwhelming to video all of your exercises. Yeah. I I still don't. Yeah. I don't do that either. Unless I'm lifting with somebody and they're going to take videos for me. It also takes longer in the gym. So to be cognizant of that, to set up your camera and things like that, if you're going to video every single exercise, but if you pick your compound lift
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and video that, maybe an extra one or two minutes in the gym that day. And you're going to get so much value out of it.
1: Mm -hmm. I highly recommend starting with the major complex movements, compound lifts, like deadlifts, squat. So many people have no idea how to bench press. And they're like, I don't know how to take a video. So I'm not going to take a video. And I was the same way. And until I saw myself bench pressing, I was like, oh dear. What am I doing? I thought I was doing great. No.
0: We saw the video of you earlier.
1: Oh, that was not even the first one, McKenna. Oh uh, yeah, so definitely take videos, pick an exercise. Let's say pick the exercise that you're most confident with that you know you can still improve upon because guys, you can always improve or pick the one that you are least confident with so that you can improve upon it because you'll be taking videos and you'll be able to actually make changes on site.
0: Yeah, and the biggest things, I think it could be helpful if we go over, so like obviously the compound lifts, so we're we're talking squat, deadlift, bench press, overhead press, row and hip thrust pretty much. Mm-hmm. Couple of, I guess, squats, kind of the first one that comes to mind that a lot of people do a little bit incorrectly. Deadlifts, relatively self-explanatory. Again, there's a lot of things that can go into it, more nuanced, mm-hmm. but squats are the biggest one that I kind of see a lot of issues with. And so I guess top things to look for in a squat video. Let's do mm-hmm. that.
1: Okay, so... If it's the first time I'm seeing a video of someone squat, I want it to be directly from the side, which if you are squatting in a power rack, make sure that you are not putting, like stepping so far back into the rack that you are between the poles of the rack. Cause then you can't see the video. You wanna take one little step back, another little step back, separate your feet and then squat from there. What I'm looking for is how deep someone's hips are, how far forward someone's chest is and the angle from their chest to their hips Is that same, is that the same angle from their knees to their ankles, which should be the same angle, um, no matter if you're a high bar squatter or a low bar squatter. And if you don't know what high or low bar squat is not a huge deal, just do what is comfortable for you. And then you can learn over time. You'll probably change. you will probably try them all, but that's what I look for. I want to see the angle from shoulders to hips to be the same as the angle from knees to ankles, and then see that their hips are at least in line with their knees if not any lower, but making sure that their hips are not scooped underneath at the bottom of the squat.
0: Yep. You don't want that, but it's called a butt wink Mm -hmm. when you're, you can definitely see it. If you even Google like butt wink and just look at a video of somebody squatting, you can see where the pelvis starts to kind of go under. And that's what you don't want. That's kind of the threshold for a lot of people is they go past that. And they're like, why is my back hurting when I squat? Mm -hmm. That's why
1: and that's also a like a mobility are, thing too. Mobility thing and also people who are like I never feel my glutes in a squat. If you are at the bottom of your squat and your glutes are not engaged like when your hips scooped on are scooped under in a butt wing, well you're going to be driving up fully with your quads and not your glutes because your glutes are not going to be engaged in that position. For everybody listening, if you're sitting down right now, just like tip your pelvis backwards and forwards. If you're scooped underneath like belly button towards your ribs, your glutes are not going to be engaged at the bottom of your squat, but you also don't want to be fully rotated forward where your hip bones are facing forward, because that's going to hurt your back at the bottom. You're going to be somewhere right in the middle. Core is going to be nice and tight. And if you realize by taking videos that you have a butt wink, take a video with no weight and just see where that happens. And then you want to stop at that point. And then from there, your mobility will improve, your strength will improve, and slowly but surely your depth will get deeper.
0: And we're looking for at least like parallels to the floor.
1: Yes. But if you have butt wink higher than that, then stop you're going to stop there. And I would work just, on it. Yeah. Work on it. Work on hip mobility, work on the flexibility of your hamstrings and your lumbar spine. A lot of people think that back pain comes from like being too tight in your back, but a lot of times it's from being too tight in your hamstrings. And not having the strength in your core, uh, we can talk a lot about this, but, um, (laughs) but focus on where you have good control of the exercise, because the exercise is only as beneficial as you have good form through your, whatever range of motion you have good form. So practice that range of motion over time. That range of motion will get deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and you'll figure out what needs help. Is it your hips? is it your core strength? Is it your foot positioning? Is your confidence under the bar? Like all these things matter, but you're never going to really figure it out until you take videos. Yeah.
0: And I want to add one more thing. I usually look at head as well, mm. like where your head position is. Cause same thing for hip thrust. I see people flailing the, their head like front and back, and that's taking your spine out of alignment, which especially in a squat. That's a dangerous territory to kind of go on. So you want to look I usually say like six feet in front of you and just keep your gaze there, not tilting your head up to the ceiling when you squat or not like looking straight down at the floor when you squat, like just having a neutral gaze, like right in front of you can help with kind of where the bar is positioned as well, because I feel like people, if they put it on their neck, they're more likely to like mm-hmm. arch their neck backwards because it just feels more comfortable that way. But that's even more so making your pelvis in the bad, in the wrong mm-hmm. position.
1: Mm-hmm. So. I've got over the years, tried so many different things with my head positioning and was very much anti head being up or eyes being up, but that's where I squat now because it helps me to have the best form. Um, but I would say that initially had I looked up, I would definitely have gone into major arch, which would not have helped. Um, so something that helped me when I first started was take your fist and put it under your chin. So like your thumb is on your chest and your chin is on your pinky. And then like, look at the floor from there. And that is like the perfect head positioning for when you're in a squat.
0: I've never heard that before. That's yep. a good one. Yeah. I mean, people do look at the ceiling, but I think that's a really good point is you do that as well. Watch some of her videos because it doesn't look <laughs> like her back is arched at all. Yep. And that's what you want. It's more of the back positioning more than anything is like how your body is aligned. And if arching your back or moving your foot is taking your body out of alignment, that's the issue with the problem. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like strengthening is a really big thing for your low back. Same thing with hand or not hamstrings. Same thing with hip flexors. People are saying I have weak hip flexors you sit all day, they're probably tight. Yes. They're also probably just super weak. Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing a lot. It's actually been going around more recently, people strengthening their hip flexors and doing exercises around that because that's a weak point. It's not a necessarily tight point. It could be,
1: but it's also just a weak point. Mm-hmm. Both. Just both. <laughs> it depends who you are. Also what you do, what you sports wise, what you have done. Um Yeah. So it definitely depends, but don't think it's just one thing that you see on the internet because you're not going to know unless you take a video of yourself and you're not going to know unless you go through like the physical tests which also are important to do um, like mobility testing those, those are, are so, humbling those are so humbling <laughs> as somebody who spent an entire year doing mobility every single day I still don't pass all of like my go-to mobility tests
0: wow yeah I need to get on my mobility grind again It's just such a force for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I know I need to do it. And I mean, I'm sitting here right here with you guys. Like I hate mobility. Sometimes it just feels boring to me. I'm like, I'd rather be lifting heavy in the gym, but I shot myself in the foot by doing that because I've gotten injured. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I only would have spent those like couple minutes a day on mobility, I wouldn't have this hip pain when I deadlift. I wouldn't have this pain when I do that. Like do the little things, they add up to bigger results.
1: Yeah. Pick one. Exercise. So if you want the three different mobility like tests, message me. I will send them all to you. I have videos of myself doing them and explaining them. But pick if you know that you have really tight hips or you have a really tight upper back, or if you're somebody who works on a computer and you're like upper back, it has you got tech neck, like start with shoulder mobility, but pick one exercise to do. I don't care what your workout is for the day. I don't care if it's not upper body, pick that one exercise to improve your neck and shoulder and upper back mobility because doing one is better than doing none. It's just like making one meal from home a day is better than making zero meals from home a day. It all adds up over time. And if you can get really, really good at that one mobility exercise, then you're going to be more confident in adding in another one. And you're not going to necessarily need to be so consistent with that one exercise as you get better at it. So McKenna I'm looking right at you and I'm telling you this but everybody who's listening I'm telling you the same thing pick one exercise for mobility and start there
0: yes I love the pigeon mm. that's my favorite one and if you don't know what I'm talking about it's where you're how to you even explain this? This, I like, this I got this I got this
1: <laughs> so if you're to get into pigeon <laughs> pose I start in a push-up position and I'm going to bring my one knee forward to your chest Yep. Towards your chest. It's not going to reach your chest (laughs) and then put your knee on the ground and slightly angle your foot up. If you have really tight knees or like have had knee injuries, I wish everybody could see me like doing this or like really tight hips. You might not even be able to angle your foot up towards that opposite hand. You might just keep it straight underneath.
0: We're looking ideally for a 90 degree angle between of your knee.
1: Yeah. And it's going to take, it's going to take practice to get there for most people. So you get the knee into position. So now your weight's on that knee and you're going to scoot your back leg back and you're going to sink your hips down. You don't want to rotate left or right. You want to just keep your hips square forward and slowly walk your hands forward, keeping your core braced and hips not scooped under. Like we talked about that tilting your pelvis. You don't want to have the scoop. You want to have Honestly, I try and like reach my pelvis backwards so I have more of like that anterior pelvic mm-hmm. tilt because it's gonna help me to get more of a hip stretch. Um, if you're super tight, you might not even be able to get past like just getting into the position,
0: and not then, even on the floor. Like yeah. if you're super tight, like get that that knee that should be on the floor, put it on a box, like elevate mm-hmm. yourself, and you can get into a better position that way. Same thing with a push up. Like if you can't get all the way on the floor for a push up, if you elevate your hands, it's easier. Same Mm -hmm. thing here.
1: If you can elevate that knee, that's again, we're like doing these (laughs) movements. We should take a video and like link it into the show notes so that people can see, Um, but that knee put it up on a box.
0: So you're elevated and it's easier to kind of sink into that stretch, but Mm -hmm. that's my personal favorite. It really opens up my hips. Mm -hmm. And then also before I squat, um, I love sinking into like a low, what are they called? It's like a, Uh. where your feet are out. And all the way at the bottom. Just a deep squat? Yeah, but I feel
1: like it has a name. Um, Yogi pose? Maybe.
0: Something like that. Where I'm literally as low as I can and my legs are wider than shoulder width. And I just sink as low as I can. Keeping my torso up and lifted. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one to also open my hips. That's what I personally do for squats um, and deadlifts to kind of get my body opened. But I love a good t-spine rotation mm-hmm.
1: those are fun my go-to for no matter what i'm doing whether i'm going to go for a run whether i'm going to deadlift whether i'm going to squat upper body is the greatest stretch in the I world say, the just, just, like you can't you can't beat it go wrong it's the greatest stretch in the world and so for this one this one, this one this one starting to push up position pick one leg to bring up and you're going to put that foot outside of the hand that is on the same side of your body. So say I'm lifting my right foot up. It's right next to my right hand. I'm going to keep my right hand down and I'm going to squeeze No, no, my life. I'm going to keep my left hand down. I'm going to squeeze the glute to my right side. And I'm going to lift my right hand up and open. So now my upper body's in a T and
0: your hand is pointing towards the ceiling.
1: My hand is towards the ceiling. If you can look up towards your hand to get that nice neck stretch too. But I like to always say, think about keeping your toes flat on the ground and driving that knee out to the side to open up your hip flexors and really start to engage the glutes as well, which most of us have sleepy glutes. <laughs> um, so that's a great one. And then I also like to reach down and under in that and then open back up and on the other side too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to switch sides. Got to switch sides.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love mobility. I love and hate mobility. <laughs> it's really a love-hate relationship when you do it it feels so good Mm -hmm. especially post-workout too like post-workout stretching I am a big fan of because the workout is over it's kind of like my decompression time I can just do a couple of stretches maybe scroll on your phone if you want really just relax into the stretches and give yourself that time to sink into them and actually start to feel them I know research has shown that static stretching versus dynamic stretching whatever like their differences. But if you can sit in a stretch for a period of time, not like 10 seconds, like 30 seconds to a minute, just sit in that stretch. That is where your body is going to start to release because if you're tight, your body's going to restrict that movement. It doesn't mm-hmm. want to get deep into that stretch. But if you can sit there for a long enough period of time, your body's going to eventually release and you're going to be able to sink deeper into that stretch. Same thing with like foam rolling. It hurts, but eventually it gets a little bit easier and it doesn't be as painful after a minute of doing that same spot. mm
1: mm-hmm. And also with that, your form, like we were talking about earlier, improves with getting better at mobility and getting better at stretching. So a little tip of information here. Stretching is just like getting to an end range of motion, whereas mobility is having the strength and strength and flexibility to get to that range of motion. So a little bit different. Yep. But both are very beneficial. I'm a big fan Mm. of mobility before a workout to get my body engaged and stretching after workout to help to release and bring some blood flow back to that area to promote recovery.
0: And that's if you're an athlete like we are think of it as like dynamic stretches when you first would walk into practice like you'd maybe do some laps you do some like walking lunges those like leg swings like that's kind of the dynamic mobility more stuff that we're talking about getting blood flow going and then more static stretches at the end touching your toes like just I don't even I usually just touch my toes or go into like a deep squat or something and just Mm -hmm. like stay there and just don't move Mm-hmm. That's more static, or like the classic
1: reach arms across your chest. Can we all class. agree that does nothing? It does nothing. <laughs> oh like the goodness. Gym class, like okay, everybody on the line, yeah. <laughs> start to warm up. <laughs> but like I swear, every sports team does that too. Yep.
0: No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's kind of where athletic backgrounds come from, like mm-hmm. learning how your body moves and feeling how your body moves in these different phases of motion and it is a form of progressive overload too. Just to add like a quick point on that. I know I talk about progressive overload all the time in my content, and this is a form of progressive overload. Like if your form improves, you're going to be moving better through the range of motion, most likely deeper through the range of motion, and therefore getting more out of the exercise. Even if the weight, you have to drop the weight. For example, for squats, I first started, I looked at my old videos and I was doing like 135 on my squats. My form was absolute trash. So, so shitty. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to drop the weight. Two years later, I was working back up to like 225. I was like, I'm going to just drop the weight and see what I can do here. Compared the videos from 135 from two years ago to 135 a couple weeks ago, same weight. It moved differently and it felt so much more in control. And I was in control of the weight and the weight was not control of me. Same exact weight. Progressively overloaded in a different aspect of tempo and form
1: and control. Mm -hmm. Makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't have known that had you not taken a video. There you go. (laughs) It really is so not only important to progress, but it's just so fun to see the changes and the improvements that you've made. Like, I remember. Some of the videos that we were watching earlier, and like seeing the pictures that are next to those videos, I'm like, oh my god, I thought I was so strong and so muscular and so big, and now I look at myself, I'm like, oh my god, so small. And like, that's not a bad thing. Like now I, and now I'm pumped when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fucking (laughs) ripped.
0: Like, and then look at you in three years, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so fat. That's beauty of the gym. Like we're always improving, we're always getting better, and there's never like an it's like a blessing and a curse. Like mm-hmm. you never get to the end where you want to be, but you're always progressing and always improving. And there's always more to learn.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it too. I
0: love it. Well, I feel like that's a good place to end. We have literally so many tips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to link everything of Hannah's below, all her links, Instagram, Facebook, all the works. Um, And again, reach out to her via Instagram if you want some form checks. Again, my DMs are always open. And thank you again for coming in live person. This is so fun. Um, And she'll be back for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're at the gym, on the road, cleaning or walking your dog, I am so glad you chose to spend the last few minutes with me. Find all the links to connect with me in the show notes. And if you have a question or an idea for a guest, please submit the form also found in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to never miss a new episode drop. And until next time.